Welcome news for all food lovers. The BBC Good Food Show Summer is back at the NEC in Birmingham from Thursday the 15th to Sunday the 18th of June and promises a mouth-watering four-day celebration of food and drink. Joining me to look forward to the show is Christelle Pereira, who swapped balance sheets for Bake Off, trading a day job with a top finance firm for the heat of the kitchen. And now she's become an author with her first book, My Flavour Kitchen. Christelle, really great to catch up with you. Uh, are you looking forward to the show? I guess you are. Yes, I am. I was just saying it honestly feels like it was only last week that I was at the NEC um, doing the summer show. So I'm really looking forward to being back. Um, it's always just such a great atmosphere. There's always a great crowd and also really good food as well. So just for my own uh, greedy reasons, I'm very looking forward to it. <laughs> what are you going to be cooking at the show? Because you're on the summer kitchen. You're cooking live in the summer kitchen, aren't you? Yes, I am. Well, I actually haven't quite decided, but it will definitely be a recipe from my book. I've got some really nice summer salads in there. Um, so it might be something like that. And I've also got some nice party food and dips. So I'll probably do one of those sort of nice summer appropriate dishes, I think, with some seasonal ingredients. Now, you like to put a twist on thing, uh, things, don't you, I Christelle? Do. And, and yeah. I, know that, I know from personal experience, because if you go on to the bbcgoodfoodshow.com website and look up your yeah. page, at the bottom is the recipe for the bread and butter pudding, which I have yeah. cooked, which has a couple of unusual things in it, which is the, um, the cardamom um, and, yeah. the, um, and the nuts in there as well i i, I was skeptical but hey boy does that work <laughs> oh i'm so glad you um you baked it and you enjoyed it but yeah that's exactly sort of the the premise of how i love cooking is i love basically when i cook and i bake i always take inspiration from flavors from basically all my travels from around the world or even from my own portuguese going heritage and add a creative twist to a classic dish so that bread and butter pudding it was inspired by an Indian dish called Rasmalai which was full of cardamom saffron chopped nuts and I just think the flavours go so well with mm. the bread and butter pudding um, but that's actually one in my cookbook as well but it, my book is full of those sorts of things you know just creative twists on classic dishes and just really punchy flavours with minimal effort and I think it's so incredible what you can do with just a handful of you know small ingredients really. Mm. Now, thinking about summer cooking, I want to just chat to you about some of your favourite ingredients, but we have to put yeah. into context where where your thinking comes from, because just reading your, mm. your bio is fascinating. Born in North London to Kenyan-born Portuguese-going parents, yeah. which means that the cultural, the, the food culture uh, sort of stuff that's going on and has been going on around you is immense. Yes, no, definitely. And on top of that, I am... Um... I studied French and Spanish at uni, so I lived. I've lived abroad in Spain. I've lived abroad in France, and so I and I love traveling. So, I for me, the most important part of any culture is the cuisine, is the food. If I go abroad and I don't eat well on holiday, it's not been a good trip for me. I just think food is so important, and when I come back from a holiday, I think, wow, I just tried such an incredible dish. I want to recreate that, or what was that flavor? And so. And even just dishes from my heritage, I've grown up watching my parents cook and my mum has been cooking dishes from her late great-grandparents and I've, all these dishes have been passed on through generations and so I'm now left with this incredible sort of pot of knowledge from all of these, you know, my ancestors passed down and also from my travels and so, yeah, all my cooking and baking is just so heavily influenced by, by flavours and you know, when you talk about sort of inspiration for my dishes, I basically call myself a flavour-led cook. And by that, I mean that I'm always thinking about flavours and flavour combinations. So I usually think of a flavour and then think, okay, 
how can I now turn this into a, a cake or how can I turn this into a curry or a sausage roll or a mac and cheese? And then I sort of put things together. Um, and obviously, depending on the season, so when it's summer, then I'll try and find something that's really seasonal. And obviously, when you eat seasonal fruit and veg, it tastes so much better. So I like to do that as well. That's like reverse engineering a recipe, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, no, exactly. But it's quite a fun way to do it because I think... I guess in a way it's almost a bit less pretentious. Like I'm not really into, you know, the fancy fine dining and stuff. I just like really good, hearty, good tasting food. And flavour has always been the most important thing for me. Even, I remember when I first started baking and cooking, my presentation was quite bad because I just wanted something to taste really good. And it's only been really since I started getting more into my baking and cake decorating. I now focus a bit more on, you know, presenting things nicely. But for me, flavour has always been the most important thing. So, yeah, it's reverse engineering, but I think it sort of works. Mm. It's, well, it certainly does if the bread and butter pudding is anything to go by uh, and my waist and my waistline is anything to go by, which is fabulous. Um, now, now I, I started off by asking you about summer ingredients. So what, what would you be looking forward to using most over the summer? Oh, gosh, there's so much. I think one thing is berries. They just taste, they're so sweet, they're so ripe. And if you've ever had that sacrilege of eating strawberries over winter, it's honestly so sad. And in summer, they're plump, they're sweet. You don't even need to add anything to them. So I think berries over summer are incredible. Even things like sweet corn has just so much flavour. And I love to char it on like an open flame and it just creates a smoky sweetness. It's incredible. Asparagus is also really lovely in season as well. I mean, there is so much that's in season at the moment, but I think those are probably my sort of my top my top three if I had to choose some. Mm, absolutely. So is there a particular ingredient you can't do without? I know I'm, some chefs say to me they couldn't do without really good salt or a really good olive oil. Is there something particular Ooh. that you, you know, if you open your your cupboard uh, in the kitchen, yeah. if if the cupboard was, was only had one or two things in it, <laughs> what would they be? My gosh, that is so hard. I think for me, one of them is miso paste. I use it in so much in so many dishes and I, I talk a lot about this in my book because it's so versatile because people think miso paste or you can only use it in a miso soup you can actually use it in marinades and pastas you can even use it in sweet dishes in caramels and buttercreams and banana bread and so for me I just love adding it I basically call it salt on steroids I think if you want a bit more of a, an umami salty flavor to something add a bit of miso paste instead of salt and it honestly transforms your dishes so mm. miso paste is one of them and then I love a bit of spice. Cardamom is probably my favourite spice. I add it to a lot of my sweet and savoury dishes, but particularly my sweet dishes. Um, you know, instead of cinnamon buns, I'll add cardamom. I add it to cheesecakes, rice puddings, everything. I think it's such a versatile spice. And it pairs really well with things like white chocolate, with fresh fruit, like mango, with pistachio, with orange. There's so many nice flavour combinations you can sort of pair with cardamom to really bring out that flavour. It's interesting you mentioned miso because it is that umami, uh, that savouriness which you can put into things. But as a salt replacement, I, uh, a while ago, came across seaweed, dried seaweed um, yeah. to, to use. And, and that is fantastic for adding flavour yeah. but without putting sort of salt in. Yeah, absolutely. And again, seaweed again is one of those really nice umami flavours. Um, and I actually once made like a green pasta sauce, added in a bit of seaweed to my blender and it just, created this lovely like you know you said umami flavor but you can even roast seaweed and then it brings out the flavor even more use it as a garnish for dip add it to pasta i love love seaweed it's so underrated and i think we need to use more of it 
It's just that first time you use this is a, the thought in your mind of putting seaweed, isn't it? I can imagine many people yeah. wanting to avoid. We are getting more. Adv- I mean, we've always been pretty adventurous over the past, you know, twenty odd years or so. You know, we've moved on from yeah. just being a country that has, um, you know, Sunday roasts and fish and chips. We are mu- multicultural and much more adventurous with our food now. Do, do, do you do you get a sense of that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I was talking to someone about this the other day because. What I think I'm so grateful for is now people can the supermarket, so many ingredients are so readily available. Things like I think miso paste, tahini, chipotle, harissa paste, all these lovely spice blends and chili paste and, and all these little fermented paste from around the world. And now in all supermarkets, gochujang is another one that is, is really on the rise at the moment. And you see them in all supermarkets. So I definitely think that I think as, as a country, we definitely are becoming a lot more open to trying new flavours and being a bit more experimental in the kitchen, but in a really accessible way. And even I'm I'm from London and the food scene in London is just getting better and better. Every time I go out, I'm trying a new restaurant and there are more taste buzzards, you know, I've been awoken about it's honestly incredible the the food scene in London. You know, you've got Middle Eastern restaurants, you've got Palestinian, you've got, you know, amazing Indian restaurants, everything, Korean, all these Nikkei, like the Peruvian, Japanese fusion restaurants. There's such an incredible food scene. So, mm. yeah, I'm definitely seeing a massive sort of surge in new pops of flavour from all around the world now, which is I absolutely love. BBC Good Food Show Summer is back at the NEC in Birmingham from Thursday the 15th to Sunday the 18th of June. The website is the place to go to to buy tickets and get more information. And you can find that at bbcgoodfoodshow.com forward slash summer. And remember that tickets to the show also include entry to BBC Gardeners World Live. Uh, Now, Christelle, lots of people are... Are looking at their bank accounts. Times are hard. Uh, they're looking to get the most out of the food that they buy, the ingredients they buy, and the food that they cook. Um, mm. Have you got any any good tips for for budget friendly cooking? Yes, absolutely. The first thing I would say is I I'm actually very much a no waste cook. My mum brought me up to not waste anything when I'm eating and when I'm cooking. So the first thing is make the most out of every single thing you use. My first example for that, when you think of broccoli and cauliflower, so many people chuck out the stems or they chuck out cauliflower leaves. The entirety of a broccoli and a cauliflower is all edible. All you need to do is chop it up really finely, roast those leaves, and they become so tasty. So the first thing I would say is, when you're looking at a vegetable, just think, actually, if I'm chucking this out, do I need to chuck this out or is this edible? Because most of the time you'll find that things like, I said, broccoli stalks, cauliflower stalks, the leaves of lots of vegetables are all edible, so don't chuck that out. The second thing I think with budget-friendly food that I think is really good, which I do a lot, is lots of tin foods. You Things like beans are so high in protein, they're so versatile, and they're so cheap. Lentils are another one that... They come in a packet. There is so much you can do with it. I'm obviously, I'm going and dal is such a quick, easy, tasty and nutritious dish that is, again, so cheap to make. So things like beans and pulses are a really quick and affordable um, ingredient that, again, are readily available and very versatile as well. Mm. That's another thing I would say. And also, I think just when it comes to, I think for a lot of people, it's more about, you know, how can you make something tastes good with just a few ingredients and then it comes you know what I was saying before all down to flavor and actually having a jar of miso paste in your cupboard is a good investment because it's so versatile things like spices dried herbs 
adding a pinch of something will just transform your dish and it literally will cost you about 5p when you think about a teaspoon of dried basil less than 5p to be honest and um, dried garlic powder is another one that I put in almost everything when I'm roasting veg I put garlic powder if I'm making a soup I have garlic powder marinade I put garlic powder it's so versatile so there are lots of store cupboard essentials that I think just really elevate your dishes with you know basically minimal cost and minimal effort mm. Lots of young people will be coming to the show, as always, um, Christelle. And if they uh, come on to the, the Summer Kitchen to, to watch your demonstrations, uh, c- completely free once uh, they're inside the event, if they just take two minutes to mm. read your biog, <laughs> um, <laughs> then, I mean, there's, there's a level of, of, uh, of a career path there which is really interesting and perhaps an inspiration. And just, just to, rem- to remind people, obviously you were on um, uh, Great British Bake Off, but Vanity yeah. Fair, the famous Vanity Fair magazine, <laughs> Um, you know, nominated you or said you're one of the top performances of, of 2021 um, alongside Hollywood stars. And you've been yeah. on television. And, and, and it, I mean, that's that's quite some explosion in a, in a change in your life from the, the day job working in finance. Yes, no, and thank you. I think when people remind me of that, I do think to myself, gosh, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> um, I definitely have been on a, a big change in, in my journey, in my career, and I'm honestly just so grateful for it. And I think the one, you know, sort of thing that I've learned from it is, yes, I've always had a passion for cooking and a passion for baking and a passion for food. And I think it was just, for me, just finding the right time to do it. I don't call myself a pessimist. I call myself a realist. And I think it was just sort of, thinking to myself, you know, obviously when I got on Bake Off, that in itself was a shock to the system. I never thought that would happen. And then the show finished and I thought, this is incredible. And I think it is very easy to think, okay, I'm just going to quit my job and blindly chase my dreams. But I thought, okay, hold on. Let me just take one step at a time and see if I can actually make a career out of this because I do love it. And I thought, I kept working practically after Bake Off. I worked for another seven months. And then I think after that time, I thought, okay, yeah, I can definitely see a career now. I've got a book deal, you know, I've got lots of work in my pipeline. And so I just, I sort of decided to to take that leap and, you know, touch wood. It's all been working out so far. Haven't had any regrets. And honestly, being able, and I do feel very fortunate saying this, but being in a career that I genuinely love and am so passionate about is so incredible. And, you know, to wake up every morning and think, okay, what am I going to cook today? What am I going to recipe test? Or going off to cook on TV or developing a recipe for a magazine or for my book, it's, really surreal and it just brings me so much joy and I think one of the most valuable things that I've sort of taken for my career is when I see people making my recipes even when you told me you made my bread and butter pudding it makes me so happy because I think I can't believe people are you know inspired to you know add cars into the bread and butter pudding because I've put in a recipe it it honestly makes me so happy because that's why I do it you know I'm just trying to impart you know all the knowledge I have and the passion I have for flavors and my heritage um, you know, into sort of modern day cooking. And so it's so gratifying and nice when I see people, you know, around me doing it as well. Um, with all of that that background, the heritage, and and I, I get a sense that you're like like so many uh, talented cooks, you're an intuitive cook. When you cook for yourself, it's a splash yeah. of this, a pinch of that, a little bit extra on the heat and all the rest of that stuff. When you come to put the book together, My Flavour Kitchen, which is out soon, um, was that was that process difficult because it, there was constraints on 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 how you put the recipe together? You know what, I did find it challenging because, as you said, I've always measured by eye, especially with baking, obviously not, but with cooking, absolutely. And so, 
I found myself, even though I was so tempted just to add a pinch of something, I would take that pinch and then add it to a measuring spoon, level it off, then write it down and then add it in. And so I basically, it ended up becoming, I mean, quite cumbersome, but obviously so worth it because I look back now and I think, okay, it's so nice to have a repository of, you know, all of my recipes of actually measured stuff. But yeah, definitely. And even just, you know, for more generations, my mum has cooked in the same way. You know, I always think when I... When we add spices to our food, we don't even use a spoon. We actually get the jar of spices and we tip the spices into the lid. And then we tip then the spices from the lid into the curry. And that's the way I've always measured my spices, mm. basically the size of the lid. But, you know, you can't write in a cookbook, add half a lid of cumin seeds to your curry. So I think having to measure things out, yeah, was definitely painful, but absolutely worth it. And, you know, to have people being able to cook recipes and from, you know, my heritage will be really nice. So, yeah, definitely worth it. Absolutely. See, the big thing now is having to convert American cups into oh millilitres. And the, I, I, every cookbook that has that conversion in it for me gets a tick in uh, in my box, which is really good. Yeah. Uh, Christelle, you're going to be on the Summer Kitchen stage on Thursday the 15th, aren't you, with a host of other top cooks as well. Lots of information on the website, bbcgoodfoodshow.com forward slash summer, particularly how you, uh, information on how you can buy tickets. And don't forget that those tickets will also get you into BBC Gardeners World Live. Christelle, an absolute pleasure once again to catch up with you good luck with the book uh, i hope uh, that goes well and i'll look forward to seeing you in birmingham very very soon yes see you soon thank you so much it's been a pleasure as well